Welcome to the Get Offset Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Andrew. Yes. Yes, we are all here. It is the two of us uh, this time. And today we're going to talk about stuff and things. <gasps> things and stuff? Stuff and things. Okay, that's the order. All right. So you're firm on that order. Sure. Okay. That was a very non-committal show, but... Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what are you drinking, Andrew? I'm actually officially all out of drinks. I didn't think to grab a fresh cup of water, but I did just have something strange. Uh, is I my sweet tooth has been cutting quite a bit, and I just found myself cutting soda with sparkling water because it was too sweet. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was really. I had a ruby red squirt, which is. It's oh, just, that sounds too sweet. It's just normal squirt, but like kind of tastes like they poured grenadine into it. And so yeah, it's, that sounds too sweet. That's probably exactly what they did. Probably. And so I just cut it with uh, not LaCroix. I, I'm, I've, I'm on a new brand now. Is it bubbly? It is bubbly. I like them. I'd like to think that they're not owned by the same company. Um, they probably I haven't are. checked too closely. I feel really weird about LaCroix after their most recent snafu about talking about their company, like take uh, being the CEO of the company, being uh, like, oh, what he said, it was like their annual for their investors kind of meeting. And he said that taking care of the company was kind of like taking care of a disabled person. And I thought that was really insensitive. And so I'm not sure I want to ever have LaCroix ever again. But uh, Yeah, I don't. Don't don't think I like that. Not a fan. Yeah. Oh well, that. Sorry to things. put a bummer on the brands that we all know and adore, because I know everybody loves Lacroix. When you I like, I, yeah, I do drink a lot of sparkling water, but um, we've been doing bubbly lately because that's what Amazon Prime now delivers. That's handy. Yeah, we. I mean, okay, so people are gonna judge us because I do. Prime because they're deliveries. not from Seattle and they don't know the the beauty of what Seattle has to offer. I think I think that Prime Now has expanded into a few cities, but um, so we reckon I when we go to a grocery store, we usually walk there, and to bring back like a couple cases of anything, kind of kind of a lot, a lot to haul. We don't really we don't do the whole like push a cart kind of thing. We just go a couple times a week and have a bag or two worth of stuff and then, you know, get a little hike in. See, I did that in college all the time cause I didn't own a car. And so it was whatever I could carry uh, either on my skateboard. Uh, cause I just skated everywhere in college yeah. or I was that kid who was pushing the cart all the way back to the apartment and then push it all the way back to the grocery store. Well, that you brought it back is better than 90% of the people who walk away with it. Yeah, we, we see a lot of we see one or two carts a week in our neighborhood. Every once in a while, I'd get too lazy to take the cart back, and I would just take it back a few days later when I needed more food. <laughs> That's smart, though. But yeah, I mean, I was right the year I did that a lot specifically. I was right across the street from the grocery store, but then I had to go all the way to the end of the block for the crosswalk. And ah, that sucks. In my little college town, the cops are were very insistent on ticketing for jaywalking. So thankfully I never got tagged for it, but I, I had friends who got, it's like a $300 ticket or something ridiculous. Oh gosh. Why even ticket people for jaywalking? 
Well, it's a college town, and people actually do, like, that That has had people, like, get seriously injured or killed, like, college kids. Yeah, but, like, okay, so, <laughs> I mean, here's the thing about jaywalking. Um, as a Seattleite, by now you probably know, it's really only illegal in one situation, and the only situation mm-hmm. in which jaywalking is fully illegal in Seattle um, is if it's between two cross streets that both have stoplights or just any kind of oh. traffic light. So if you go, if you do jaywalk there, then it's illegal. But pretty much anywhere else, like every intersection is considered a crosswalk. So you're supposed to stop for them. Well, but, I mean, it was um, definitely like between two crosswalks. It was yeah. just like a few hundred, not a few, yeah. a couple, half a football field on either side. And it was too lazy. That's, that's too far. That shouldn't be illegal. But um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so my my opinion on the matter is a little political, and I just think that typically you should limit uh, negative interactions between citizens and the police. And ticketing for jaywalking is kind of, I think, an unnecessary interaction because the the real harm in jaywalking is getting hit by a car. Like, that's the worst thing that can happen to you as a jaywalker. So it really behooves you to be safe. And knowing that it's illegal, I feel like it's enough, in my mind, to deter people from doing it in ways that are dangerous. I know this is not fully true, but like I think it's more in that realm than we need to ticket people for I don't know. I think, I think Darwinism certainly has its way. Yeah, it does. Often, uh, as far as that subject goes. Um, now, I... Like if you're wearing all black and jaywalking and it's nighttime and it's raining and they're and you're not like waiting for the cars. Not a that great not a great personal scenario. decision. Yeah, not a great personal decision. Hmm. I, but I just, digress. Uh, well, I'm before drinking. we digress, I just wanted to say I wanted to I'm actually regress. I wanted to regress to what I'm drinking. <laughs> Oh, but I have one thought I want to add into as a thought provoking something you take. I don't want you to argue with me. I just want, I want to say it and then that'll that'll just be it. While it is damaging to whoever's getting hit by the car, it's also emotionally damaging to be the person who killed someone driving in their neighborhood. Not going to argue with that. Not going to argue with that. And I think that's incredibly irresponsible for anyone to, put someone else at the risk of being responsible for having killed someone, even if that someone is you. That's yes. my thought. I don't, but that's also yes. a very, I don't disagree yeah. with what that. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? I'm just thinking about riding a bike. Ooh. Okay. So you're I, not drinking anything? I'm drinking a Tom Collins. Which is? It's a gin drink with, um, it has gin. It has some simple syrup. It has lemon juice and it has, soda water in this case it's the LaCroix I'm sorry <laughs> as opposed to tonic water well it's on well tonic water has its own sweeteners and it's a little bitter so right. that's what simple sugar is for here and also more lemon than you would get than have and just like the citrus you would typically get in a gin and tonic yep it's different it's a little different I'm also more likely to have soda water in the house than tonic water I do like tonic though, even just for mocktails. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really fascinating, really fascinating thing. I, I love it because it's a little um, bitter. I have these alcohol-free mixers that I usually break out on um, 
on they're not mixers they're actually distilled spirits but they're non-alcoholic uh and they just go great with some tonic and a little little citrus but you can make much fancier things with them they're, i think they're called seed lip and they're really cool they add a lot of depth to a drink which hmm. yeah and so it makes you appreciate the taste more which is you know hopefully what you're making a cocktail for in the in the first place that's generally recommended by yeah. the way, did I just hear sirens in the background from where you're at? Yeah. Did someone jaywalk and get hit by a car? No. I live near uh, assisted living <laughs> facilities. So they're oh, pr- quite well, frequent. Okay. Don't you feel like I, a jerk I, I, now? I, <laughs> Betty, I am so sorry you didn't know that you were jaywalking and got hit by a car. but No, I just think about, you know, bike accidents sometimes and... It sucks for the driver who hit the cyclist, but yeah, I yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's often, it, it usually sucks worse for the cyclist who gets maimed. Woo, that was heavy. Let's talk about anything this is else. Supposed to be a fun yes. episode. Can, can I got some new things? I really want to talk about them. Talk about the new things. Thank you. Um. Well, so Brian Sprague from Bookworm Effects. Uh, we're having him on the show next week, whoop, whoop. and uh, I've I've talked a lot about his Multicano pedal. I finally got around to getting um, his delay pedal, the Delavid Foster Wallace, which I think is really funny. Um, it has an infinite jest uh, foot switch, which is infinite repeats on the delay, which is you know hilarious. I see what he did there. Yeah, and. Um, it has you can have it so that the the time on your delay is controlled just by you know a standard potentiometer or you can have it um set based on uh the light in the room so that is yes yeah if it's brighter it's faster if it's darker it's slower and you can like wave your foot over it and it will go or uh, I had my husband come in. Sound. Ramping, that's the ramping sound. Insert ramping sound there. Um, and I had my husband come downstairs, and I'm like, "Do the do the lights in the room like like real fast on and off?" And uh, we laughed a lot, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and then we also got to play with his new. I got to play with his new Seth's fuzz, which is my kind of fuzz. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of gets kind of glitchy, which I, I'm a fan of. Very, very fun things. And uh, and I just got a new pedal in yesterday. I haven't been able to plug in yet. It's the ARF Filter Pedal by Dwarfcraft Devices. And I'm so stoked to play that. I've been jonesing for one for, for a minute now. I want a filter pedal, if nothing else, just for a bass rig. Oh, totally cool in a bass rig, I'm sure. I, I think that one of the big things about Dwarfcraft, because... I have to assume it's at least partially because Louise is a bassist. Um, They always say all their pedals sound great on bass. Yep. No, bass and then uh, filters are just uh, like a classic synth thing. That reminds me uh, a little bit about my week is I've been taking a break from listening to NPR on my commute in the mornings. Yeah. Which I know that makes me sound like such an old guy. No, Uh, I mean, I, I relate. Uh, I typically listen to in Seattle, it's 88.5 KNKX partnered okay. with NPR. And so it's jazz, blues, and NPR news. All right. 
I'm, I'm judging you a little bit because Seattle Terrestrial Radio has much better options. Well, that's what I've been listening to for probably the last year of my commute. Yeah. So I've, I'm taking a break because uh, news has been depressing lately and I didn't oh. feel like dealing with it. And thankfully Excellent. I don't have to because that's not my job. And so I've been listening to Under Oath's most recent album because that's what happened to be in the CD player. And that the when you said as soon as you said filter, it reminded me of uh, the filtered synth line on Bloodlines is the name of the track. Uh, it's like it's like this uh, super intense raw filtered synth sound that happens right after the first chorus that just blew my mind. Chris Dudley did an amazing job with that. So a little bit of under oath. Uh, uh, fanning out on that but oh, cool i can get behind that i yeah. respect that a lot um yeah i've been i just thought the sound was really cool yeah i've been trying to i I've, i guess i should say i've been very passively building a baseboard for my husband because he's quite a fun little bassist and i love him a lot so i wanted to do something nice for him so he bought the big pie bass muff Mm-hmm. Um, and a compressor, and I got him the Octopussy from Catalan Bread, I believe, because um, I thought that an octave up on bass might sound kind of cool. He might have fun with it, and a filter pedal might be a good addition for that as well. You got me thinking about it. But you filter know, envelope filters, especially. Yeah, totally, totally. I'll ask my friend Mo about it. Um, my friend Maurice is a bassist. Uh, he's an Aguilar artist, so he. Oh, cool! Yeah, he plays bass for Megan Trainer. Nice. Yeah, it was always funny seeing him on TV because uh, he played bass in in one of my jazz bands in high school. So I have fun with that one I a get, lot. Yeah, I was gonna say. I guess is he the only one who can really answer the question? Is Megan Trainer all about that bass? She, yeah. <laughs> he is he is all about that bass he is the bass and all about that bass when it's performed live but I, i've That's seen him funny. he's been on uh he's on an episode of glee and he was on an episode of this is us like is a band as a band member yeah on the this is us episode you can see him like very correctly uh wrapping up his cables at the end of a gig <laughs> which is the only way to wrap cables is yeah. correctly oh yeah i just you know i love it when friends are successful but um, you're mentioning bass and synth reminded me of, do you remember yesterday? Maybe. Oh, I do remember yesterday. Yeah. I just, I, I had, how oh, I'm a terrible, terrible human being. I just had the moment of like, what did I do yesterday? <laughs> so just the, the, the caffeine starts to wear off and you just nibble, just like, oh, what, yesterday. what year is it? Very Jumanji. Very Jumanji. Uh, no, yeah. Yesterday. Yes. We... <laughs> Got together with Tim Held and his wife uh, from the Podular Modcast. Yes, it's a podcast about modular synths. Which is super cool. If you haven't checked it out, definitely go do so. And Tim himself is a super rad dude. I love and Tim. I'm a huge fan. Yeah, he's such a nice but guy. We had a great time. Uh, at one point, we even shared a chair. Oh, yeah, that was, that uh, was pretty I, I won't cute. Share more so details than that. Just but, yeah. the two fellows shared a chair. Um, out of chivalry. <laughs> yeah, we ate hot chicken and there's no better bonding experience. Well, well, there's no better. There's only one better bonding experience than eating hot chicken. And it's ha- if 
is if you're all together a few hours after that hot chicken, then you have a completely different bonding experience. A stronger one. You know, I didn't, I wasn't bothered by it at all the rest of the day. Neither was I. Um, but that, <laughs> I had a roommate who we used to get hot chicken together at least once a month when we lived in Nashville. And we had some bonding experiences over the After Effects. Mostly him, mostly his After Effects. Because once, once he went up to the counter at Prince's, and so what we had yesterday, Andrew, in terms of hot chicken was called the insane. It's the hottest they make, and it equates to about a medium at the actual, uh, like the 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 home base of hot chicken, Prince's Hot Chicken Shack in Nashville, Tennessee. So that is basically what uh, my roommate Dan and I would eat. Uh, we'd both get the mediums. And once uh, I was in line with Dan, I go up and I order all the medium I paid. And uh, he goes up and he says, yeah, I'll, I'll also have a medium. And can you, can you make sure it's a real medium? Because last time the medium you gave me was pretty mild. And I... They, they, oh no! Yeah, yeah. I, when he said that, I'm like, "Oh, Dan, you're getting a hot, and you're gonna, you're gonna feel it later." <laughs> and he did. <laughs> oh, Dan! Just crying out both eyes. No. <laughs> Much later. <laughs> crying out in a different way. I, I, I see how it is. He looks like we pulled in the driveway, and he puts the car in park. And like it's like I I seem to remember the door of his car just remaining open and he runs inside. Yikes. Oh Dan. He's gonna hate that I told that story. Actually he's yeah, I don't know. He's not gonna ever listen to this. <laughs> well, we'll make sure to send some hemorrhoid cream his way. Oh <laughs> <Aww>, Dan. <laughs> no, we I had such a fun time. Yeah, no, it was, it was great to hang out with Tim. Uh, it was officially the first Earthquaker Devices artist I have met in person, so that was super chill. I'm because you know, if you if you've listened to the show at all, you know that I'm a huge uh, fan of Earthquaker Devices. As am I. So Ohioans really got to stick with. together. Yeah, I mean I, that's not why I like them, but I, 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 mean, I, I don't hold it against them. Yeah. Oh, thank you. <sighs> <laughs> No, it is. It's super cool to be like, oh wow! Now I'm I'm one person removed from like Lisa Belladonna and Jim and Julie. Oh, I want to have sorry, Lisa Jamie on the and show. Julie. That would be great, yeah. And but Jamie yeah, and so Tim, I know you're listening to this. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're super rad, dude. And we need to do it again sometime. Yes. And hopefully next time there is some sort of studio space involved. Yes, and because I want to make noise in an appropriate amount of seating. Yes. Yes. Um, and I want to. I want to hear him talk more about CV inputs. Me that was, too, because that I exciting. feel like he's a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, I've never really gotten into the modular synth stuff. I've, I, I know some about it, and I dig it, and I, I feel like I want to at some point, but the the bar for entry is yeah. uh, a little bit out of my price range, and that's partly why I stick to pedals because if. Pedals are already a little pricey for me. Then modular synth stuff is going to go nuts. But I, yeah, I, I want to get into that someday. Yeah, same. Um, oh gosh, for some reason, Andrew, that reminds me. Um, we, you and I had picked up those ZVEX pedals. And I got to check them out yes. first. And then you played with them. 
let's talk about those things. Yeah, what what, well, what do you want to know other than the fact that they obviously rip? They rip. Um, I've always wanted a theremin, so that fuzz probe, it made me laugh so hard. I was having so much fun, and I, uh, I really want to put it through an FX loop, like the the uh, bookworm Multicano has an FX loop. The, um, oh, yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have anything with an effects loop right now, but I guess I could run a wet dry and run it just in the wet. See how that works. That's that's close. Yeah. Same effect. Yeah. Um, and also the Fairfield Circuitry Meat Mod has an effects loop. But I also got from uh, traded a few pedals with my friend Jim Bowers for... Um, that Klein bottle pedal and it's like a it's a looper pedal with filters and, and things and uh that one was super cool yeah I I am I'm very excited to spend more time with it I just mostly was able to take it out to make sure it worked and I haven't had a lot of time since then but I feel like that would be a lot of fun so it's like controlled with your foot like the the uh, fuzz probe so sort of like how a theremin is controlled by your hand you wave your foot across the pad and it controls yep. like this this theremin fuzzy pitch which is super crazy because it's like a higher pitch but uh so it's like very alien but it's still like fuzzy and nasty and angry and everything that we love about punk rock yes i don't know it's just a very cool kind of blew my mind mm-hmm. same yeah i i remember um the first time i plugged it in i played with it for a minute i'm like i gotta wait for my husband to get out of the house because this is this is a lot to, to put someone through when you're learning it and it does not do subtle no but you know i i love subtle pedals um but the the ones that really get my passion are the ones that really don't do subtle at all mm-hmm. yeah uh and then uh there was that distortion pedal yeah so that one oh what is, i forget the name of that one but that's uh it's similar to their box of rock mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah, um, yeah similar base circuit uh but just with different controls and so it's got a subs control and that's um i don't it's not a filter i don't remember exactly what it does it's just different flavors mm-hmm. but that one, uh, I, I'm keeping that one. Uh, I, I like both of them quite a bit. I got to say, I think I like that one better. Uh, it's it's everything that I've wanted past uh, Marshall in a box style pedals. Mm-hmm. And every other Marshall in a box pedal I've had hasn't quite matched up what I want to hear in my head. And so I plugged in immediately. It was like, that's the sound. Yeah. That's what I want out of a Marshall in a box. Man, good, because that's like... I have distortion pedals already that I love. I've wanted something that did something so weird. Um, and I, so yeah, I think I love the fuzz probe. So, um, big shouts to, to Zvex for, for, um, enabling us to, to pick those up, uh, and for the great work on those things. Heck yeah. yeah. And then also just for, uh, Ah, I love that we both are in agreement over which one we love more. Though we love them both, I think that we all know 
that just like with children, you have favorite puddles. Well, okay. That that just got oh. Oh, it's funny. No, an only child. I'm also not an only child. Oh, that's not true. It's like they they still love you. They just might love your siblings more. You don't know. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm the favorite. Oh boy. Well, Easter can't come fast enough. Um, Oh right. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) That's because you're gonna start uh, imbibing a little bit again. I, or you're going to see your family. Have, I don't know. No, I'll have a drink that I will enjoy for the sake of the drink itself. That's good. Um, when is Easter? April 21st. Hmm. Why is that? Why do I feel like I'm busy on Easter? It's possible that you are. I know it's the weekend before the Tacoma Guitar Festival, you're which right. I'm hoping to go to. That's right. Yeah, so it's not the same weekend. It's the weekend before. Yes. Yeah, I'm really excited to go to the Tacoma Guitar Festival. Um, I would love to hit up, uh, meet up with our friend uh, Sarah Zimmerman from Striking Matches, who is performing with. That'll be yeah, super cool. With the other half, whose name just escapes me. Um, and also, I've I went two years ago and I saw Leon from Pelican Noise Works, and I saw um, Rick Matthews from Matthews Effects. That was the one time I've met both of them. Oh, actually, I've met. I'm sorry, I've met Rick Matthews. You've met Rick other times. Yes, I haven't been able to connect with Leon in the one or two times I've been in Portland, but I hope to make that happen eventually. No, I'm looking forward to going. I haven't officially bought my ticket, but I do very much plan on going. Yeah, you don't have to buy tickets in advance Um, for that one. I'm pretty sure Rick and I bought them at the door and saved uh, the fees. But um, yeah, we should get brunch or something before. Yeah, I think that'd be super yeah. fun. Yeah. So I think that'll be my first guitar festival in the Pacific Northwest. It's a, it's big and uh, it's not, it's obviously at the Tacoma Dome. It's not within the main part, um, but it's still a really big showroom area and just tons of gorgeous guitars, as you would expect. Uh, a lot of cool vintage things, some handmade things. A few booths sort of dedicated to people who build guitars and instruments, so parts and things. Um, but like I'm sure like JHS will be there and the other big ones have, have been there the years I have, but uh they don't usually publish the uh the vendors far in advance, but I'm sure Emerald City Guitar will be there and Thunder Road guitars will as well. Um and then typically shops come up from as far as Portland, at least, to to display. I'm looking forward to it. If, uh, if you are going to the show and you're listening, uh, I think it'd be super cool to see you. If you're going and you are showing equipment, let us know and we'll make sure to uh, to come check you out. Yeah, so. yeah. And uh, reach out to us. Um, we should have contact information on the website. Oh, the website. The website's going live soon. Yes, we have a we've had a, a holding website that has just super duper basics, um, but we are in the process of launching our new new website. Um, the new website. The new website. Uh, we'll have articles about each of our episodes, links to listen to them. Um, it'll have. Uh, I want to create more. You know content in general that's just sort of my passion 
So uh, probably links to articles I've written. Um, and what I'm really excited for, because I've been repping my get off set swag everywhere from the gym to the Costco. Um, There's more than one Costco, is it? The Costco and Shoreline, my Costco, and no other Costco. Now you're starting to sound like a, a Californian in freeways. Oh, no, actually, that's very Southern is to call a store like the like the Kroger or the McDonald's. You are officially no longer allowed to make fun of me for calling it the 90. Because I called it the Costco? Yeah. Oh, man. It makes so much sense to call it the 90 or the 5 or the 405. Ugh, no. It just makes sense. No, it doesn't. Whatever. Whatever. Let's not Mm -hmm. fight. Let's not fight, Andrew. It's probably for the best. Yes. Everyone listening is like, Mommy and Daddy, you're fighting. Yeah. No, um, but I digress. We're going to have... hats we're gonna have shirts we're gonna have uh a, i i think onesie is technically a copyright term so we're gonna have uh baby bodysuits and bibs baby bibs i love baby bibs <laughs> i think they're the cutest we'll have buttons as well we'll have lots of things and lots of things yes um we try to do like it's not a moneymaker not at all really um we're trying to keep the prices to roughly uh just north of what it cost us to uh have them manufactured some yep we have random models that's exciting on the site uh they just you know came with came with the mock-ups mm-hmm. i'm sorry i feel like i feel like i'm making everyone get farther away from it and now we're 30 minutes in and i'm just talking about baby Aww. body suits Baby body suits. Baby body suits. Once again, Andrew, you did not go long enough. I, I stopped too soon. You stopped nope. too soon. I, I was getting into it. I was going to riff on it. <sighs> we'll work on that timing. Now it's just, if we go back to it, it's weird and I don't know. It is. So. Yeah, we can't force it. <laughs> it uh, the, the TL semicolon DR of this whole story is the website's launching here in a couple of days. Check it out. If you buy stuff, we thank you for supporting our podcast because that's how we help pay for things like the website domain yeah. and all, all the other things that we yeah. need to pay for to keep this podcast. The, yeah. Running. The tools that we used to record. Um, yeah. Our time. That's valuable. It is valuable. Yeah. So we have people that we love and love to spend time with, but you know, this is also a love that we have. And, um, just listening by listening, you're supporting us. We have so much respect for that, and we thank you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Well, now you're just guilt tripping people. No, into feeling like they're stealing us. No, from they're our not. Families. No, I love, I love you all. <sighs> well, if, if, <laughs> if you can't, if, if you right. can't afford to buy anything, we're not gonna, no. we're not gonna be upset with you by any means. No. Just, it's there. Be aware that it's there, and yes. we love everyone. Yes, yeah. Maybe a, we might love you a little bit more if you buy stuff, but we we still love everyone. I mean, before. we certainly love you more if you're in our Facebook group, just because we know you more. Yes, join the Facebook yes. group and let's talk about things. Yeah, these episodes are always great starts to conversations, and we have no choice but to show our hands on what we think. But we always want to hear what everyone else has to say. We do because there's a whole lot of perspectives in our group and in this industry, and we would be uh, meowed. 
if we thought that we could represent all of the thoughts about things in the industry just between the two no, of us. No, we'd be just such mother meowers. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we have a word from our sponsors ever so briefly yeah. before we jump into today's moist yes, topic. Yes. Our first sponsor of today's episode is Bookworm Effects based out of Morgantown, West Virginia. All of their guitar pedals have a literary theme. So if you're a bookworm and a total nerd, like I always will be and always have been, uh, check them out. Um, I have now three of their pedals. Uh, hopefully by uh, the airing of this episode, I'll know if I have a fourth one in store for me. Um, but, you know, Brian's a really great, sweet guy. Uh, he's actually going to be on next week's episode of the show. Yeah. Yeah, so you should listen to him because he's well. Absolutely, one hundred thousand percent. That's not a number. Uh, excuse me, there are such things as imaginary numbers. That's all I got out of calculus. I don't think That's that an imaginary number is what you think it is. Well, I, instead yes. of arguing, yes, let's get to the uh, our other sponsor. Oh no! Oh, you're oh, no. Right, Our other sponsor. <gasps> oh, come oh, on! I'm so sorry, I ruined lady. it. I'm sorry, I blame the Tom Collins. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> um, our other sponsor is Jennings Guitars. If you want to buy something that's made in America and uh, have a pretty reasonable budget. Uh, I love Fender, but I'm sorry they they've been upstaged for the same price range as a brand new Fender. You can get a custom made Jennings. It's sort of a uh, Telecaster for, that's their, style, yeah. That's the one. Yeah, it's their, it's their Navigators, their T style guitar, and then they've got a couple of other models that are a little bit uh, higher up on the price range, but are chock full of options and features and handmade. But uh, right now, Jennings is a one-man guitar shop, mm -hmm. so it's the same guy who's making all of them top to bottom. He yeah. is a master luthier who studied this uh, in quite in detail. And if you go back and listen to the episode we interviewed him, he gets into what his studies look like. But mm -hmm. he is incredibly well-qualified, and in my personal opinion, I think he is undercharging for what it is. So hop on that train before he mm -hmm. gets wise and starts raising prices. Yes, um, I agree. Um, and speaking of that, of uh, Master Luthiers, I want to give a quick shout out and make an uh, official announcement. Is that. Uh, Drum roll, please. Uh, Layla City from Tunatone Instruments. I will be picking up my Tunatone. She's making it for me right now. We've had many conversations about it. Um, and I am so excited. I'm picking it up at the end of June at the Tacoma Guitar Festival. Not Tacoma. Oh, my gosh. At the Vancouver Guitar Festival. So many guitar festivals. Yes. So, yes. All the festivals. I'll be going up to Vancouver at the end of June for that festival. Um, so, if you're going or showing, let me know. I would love to bring a little recorder, do some on-the-fly interviews with um, guitar builders and uh, guitar fans alike. Um, yeah, so she'll be showing the guitar she's building. She just announced she was building another one from Megan Wells, who's a fantastic guitar builder based in California and also a really fun lady that I've had the pleasure of hanging out with. Um, and I think her dog's name is Luthier. So I love that. Uh, <laughs> I that it's dog. amazing. Isn't that a great name? I suppose it's, it's full name is Martin Luthier. <laughs> For any theology nerds out there. Uh, or fans of uh, civil rights. 
Yeah. Yes. There's the Lu- there is the Martin. Okay, well, that yes. was Martin Luther King Jr. To be fair, Jr. Yes. I I, but he was, I, I he just was said named Martin after Luthier. the Martin Luther that uh, the Martin Luther that you're talking about who had his theses nailed to a church. Um, and also notable was a brewmaster, but yes. And you know what I love? Can I can I tell you what I love about Martin Luther as a not religious what? person? That the big thing that brought him to uh, breaking from the Catholic Church was this stress in him that I can relate to very much. Of um, he had always thought that you have to do your best and to do your best like you could always do better so you were never doing your best and this caused great emotional strife within him and i feel that strife within me all the time and if you feel that strife within you you're not alone in it but he thought you know this isn't healthy and this can't be what living is about so that's, I, from my understanding, sort of the genesis of his whole mind view. And that I have a lot of love and respect for. Yeah, I think that's that was definitely an aspect of why he nailed up the 99 thesis. Yes. Uh, theses. There was also 90, it was 95 theses. 95. I, now I'm, no, it's that you got a 95. 99 thesis and a Catholic ain't one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, that just took a turn. <laughs> no, that was Anyways. funny, don't lie. <laughs> No, that was funny. I just, oh, how have I, no, I think. Uh, it was 95. I'm sorry. And this is why he, Martin Luther brewed beer. Really? Um, no. No. Um, he also so, didn't personally so, believe in transubstantiation, but Lutherans in general do. So that's something completely different. Well, that's because Lutheranism was more brought together and solidified by the followers of Martin Luther rather than Martin Luther himself. That's pretty but, normal. We digress a lot. Yeah, like that's, I mean, oh my gosh, our digressions. I've had digressions. Yes. Like I'm that. so at the Vancouver guitar festival, you will be able to see and hold and play the guitar that my, our good friend, uh, Layla city is building for me with its walnut neck. I'm so excited. She, she uh, Yes, his vintage style tuning machines, which I picked out. I'm so thrilled. Um, but she just keeps posting on Instagram pictures of two guitars, and every time I see them, I think I know what those are. That's going to be super dope. Yes, I look forward to taking that on an Amtrak. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be an experience. Last digression: If anyone wants to get nerdy and talk about uh, theological stuff, they are always more than welcome to. Yes, as long as it's done so with decency and respect. Yes, because if it's not, I have no hesitation in banning someone who is disrespectful to someone's religion or lack thereof, or any sort of orientation or lack thereof. Just be cool, friends. Like oh, I saw that you, uh, you, you were in the trying to sell something in the, the gear swap. I blocked that guy Seattle so hard. And... <laughs> yeah, that was. And it was funny because it's my Ooh. my friend Tiffany's boyfriend responded to some guy um who called so i do this thing like a lot of people in seattle do this thing if you're selling gear occasionally you'll have the normal price and then for a very slight discount for everyone else and by everyone else i mean uh sort of disprivileged groups Uh, it's sort of a wage gap difference so um 
you can be upset with me, but this is my thing I'm selling. I gave like a $20 discount towards women, people of color, anyone who's non-cis, LGBTQ+. Um, and like just a $20 discount on a pedal I'm selling. And it's a lot of people do this in the group. Someone called someone and I basically said, if you'd have a problem with this deal, I don't care. I will just block you. And, and I, I did, but, um, a friend, people are free to sell what they have for whatever price they want to, to whoever they want to sell it for. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Especially in the used marketplace for a pedal that frankly, I don't know what it's worth in the used marketplace because there's not a single other one on Reverb.com right now. Yeah. Um, I don't typically offer a discount like that, but honestly, it's less to do with anything social or any sort of objection. It's all because I just sell stuff under Reverb because I don't like to meet up with people local. And I just, that's not something I'm going to try and sort out over Reverb. That's just too much effort for me. So I'm just lazy. Yeah. I've done it a few times. I've Um, got some great deals. Um, and I think it's just in the end to me, it comes down to uh, the wage gap. It's sort of, you see, sometimes see those feminist bake sales where it's all cookies, a dollar for white dudes and everyone else are 75 cents because uh, women statistically get paid a little less than men and women of color get paid significantly um, less, but uh, that's another digression. Um, so yes. Today's topic. Yes, we've dig- stuff and we've digressed things. so far. We need to just get, get to, to it. it. Uh, stuff and things. So, um, uh, Andrew, earlier in the episode, you used uh, a five-letter word. M O I S T. Moist. Gross. That 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 was like double sibilance. <laughs> I apologize for everyone who just had experienced that. I I made sure to to try and not get too close. And there is a pop filter mic- on my microphone, but I- I'm not even sure that's enough to make up for the moist. I have a plugin uh, for that. Sorry. I have a plugin. I, I, I just try to can't, I it. can't stop saying moist. Oh, stop uh, it. No, if, you're, so if you're not talking about a cake, stop it. Okay. No, what, what, what we are talking about is wet, dry, uh, and other sort of strange rig types. And, I think it'd just be fun to talk about what we've experimented with and the, some of the pros and cons. Yeah. This is something I like to talk about and I like to experiment. Yeah. And you've got a lot farther something than I've I mentioned have is, in it. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think actually maybe. Um, because, um, so I'm just going to say it. Clear the air. We're going to talk about stereo rigs. Um I run a stereo rig. Well, stereo, wet, dry, unconventional, yes. all of yeah. the above. Anything that's not just one line of pedals going yes. into one amp. Um, I which there's no, nothing no, wrong there's with. nothing wrong with that. You know, John Lennon was a huge proponent of just mono everything in recording uh, for his own personal reasons. That being, he was deaf in one ear. Um, but uh, I have kind of been obsessed with stereo rigs since I learned that uh, Sarah Lipskate was using one. Lipstate. Yeah. yeah. And I, and then when we first got talking, Andrew, um, I was really excited when uh, I learned that you were also running a stereo rig, which is a lot more involved than mine. For listeners, I have a JC40 
And so, of course, I have stereo inputs. So sometimes I have that stereo chorus effect going. Um, I have an avalanche run that I use as stereo outputs. And right now I have a PN2, so I can do the panning, um, which is a lot of fun in my recording. But uh, Andrew does even more. And I would like for you to talk about that. So my what I've tried to do the last couple of years is play around with a wet, dry, wet. Uh, and before I explain what that is, a little backstory on part of uh, why I started or where I first heard of it and I was getting into it was I was watching a rig rundown of, I think it was Nigel Hendroff, who's one of the guitarists for Hillsong Church based off Australia. Ah. Um and I was just like, oh, like he's got a massive pedal board. Let's like watch. It's like a, it was a 20 minute rig rundown. I forget from when it was from, but I remember at one point he's going through and I, this point in the rig rundown, I, I was pretty new to all of this stuff and I was completely 1000% lost. But something that stuck out to me is like uh, he was talking about his custom made looper. He's like, oh, this one's got the wet out and this one's got the dry out. Uh, that's my Aussie accent. I respect that. Um, you can feel free to judge that's fine. me. Uh, and, uh, I was like, what's the wet and what's the dry. And then you talk about how like it, that's all blended back in together. And I, I was so lost and I wanted to know what in the heck he was talking about. So I started looking up on forums and stuff and I quickly found yet another way to satisfy my drive to fulfill the overkill is the best kill mentality that I tend to have. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that too. Which, I can relate. Yeah. I tend to go all out. I uh, kind of all like it's all or nothing kind of video. So I like to run multi amp rigs just because it's fun and cool. And, um, but so wet dry wet is. Please tell me. Um, when you run three amps or three outputs, three channels, uh, so you've got your stereos are your wets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so wet is just a general wet versus dry. Wet is your modulation, your time-based effects is the, are your quote unquote wet effects. We're talking chorus, phaser, flanger, delay, reverb, any, uh, anything in that realm. Mm-hmm. And so, and then the, and then your dry effects are just whatever doesn't have that kind of stuff into it. And that's very loose because you can put some modulation into your dry effects and well yeah like i i know a lot of people run chorus before drive i personally have a chorus at the beginning and uh the end of my signal chain uh just because it sounds so different before the dirt pedals and in sometimes a very good way but sometimes you just want to sound like you're in um one of those those like zero gravity float rooms that they have in seattle and had on shark tank recently yeah. So, uh, so anyways, the, the idea is the way I tend to separate it out is modulation itself. I leave pretty wide open to what, where that falls into. But when I set up wet dry rig specifically, it's the reverbs and the delays that I keep separate from my Just dry. those? What and about the tremolo? Um, I, I've actually never owned a tremolo pedal. What? And I need to fix yeah. that. So. I'm going to loan you a tremolo pedal next time we see each other. Sure, I will. I gladly take one and play yeah. around with it. You're gonna um, love it. <laughs> I I like the effect. I've just I've never gotten around. I, also, I've never owned a wah. 
What? I'll loan you mine. Also, I'm not using it right now. Cool. Um, I've also never used a uh, a DRV. I think you're just trying to take advantage of me now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that last night I was that's false. I I did play your DRV, and I'm incredibly jealous. Uh, Matthew Hoops knocked that one out of the park. He really. Did, I was expecting yeah. it to be. Oh, okay, so we're going to take a quick aside here. Yeah. I was I pl- plugged it in, and I have my own uh, my Proco Rat Vintage 1989 Rat Two, which is different than the white face that he based his build off of, but it's pretty well in the same ballpark. And I know that sound inside now. I've been playing that pedal for years. I've been playing a Rat in general for even longer, and I just it's my favorite distortion sound. I was expecting the DRV to be close enough to where I was like, oh, I can get close enough to that drv sound with my rat mm-hmm. and i just love my rat. i wasn't gonna have to worry about gassing after the drv and i've got to say for everyone who says that it's just a uh, a rat clone they're full of full of meows full of meows it's not meow uh it's i yeah, know it's it even it, sounds it's like, totally yeah, its own thing and i was is. super blown away yeah especially on those low gain settings it just sounds really nice like on the high gain settings, it was, sounds really good. <laughs> it reminds me of um, uh, one of my favorite boss drives uh, and not remind me of that it's similar, but it had almost a similar dynamic feel to it was the BN2, which is um, bosses uh, AC. Um, like It kind of sounds like to me like pop punk in a box, oh. that kind of great palm mute chunk kind of makes you think of like all American rejects and like that kind of sound. Mm. That's that's kind of or Reliant K even. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that's that's the kind of sound that evoked for me. I super dug that. Mm-hmm. So anyways, so in terms of separating wet and dry effects, specifically the reason why I separate, uh, make sure that delay and reverb are the ones that stay in the wet effects is because of when I run a that amp setup, I always have a tube amp running. Mm-hmm. And if you put delay and reverb into the front of the tube amp, what you can get is saturation uh, and or uh, the tube, the, the preamp of a tube amp has some natural compression to it. And you lose some of that attack and that thump. Oh. Uh, when you've got all, uh, all, if you've got some heavy delays and reverbs going, you can lose some of that from note to note. And when you run your drive separately, you maintain that it's just me, a drive pedal, and my amp kind of sp- that full attack feel and sensitivity. And that's why I like it so much because I feel like I've got so much more dynamic range available. And that's this is why people, um, if they're running one amp, they can sometimes run their wet effects through their effects loop, which is after yes. the preamp. Right, right, and right. And that way you don't lose, it doesn't get as mushy. Yeah. Uh, so that's the thought behind there. Yeah. And I think it's really cool um, that like the um, orange rocker amps have that. Uh, actually, they have a stereo effects loop in them, the newer ones. Yeah. Which that part's super cool. Yes. The price tag is a little bit beyond what I'm looking for in another amp. But yeah. But it's justified for the features and the quality, oh, I think. Totally. I like orange amps, which is. I was surprised how much I liked orange amps because I hate box amps and I always just kind of associated them with the same thing, but see, I've always associated orange with like a Marshall sound. It's still its own thing, yeah. but it's, I don't know why I associate it with box sounds. Way. I could have been totally wrong, but, um, I also yeah. just like boxes. I just Me like too. British amps. Yes. 
Um, um, I think they they work really well with like the hotcake uh, overdrive pedal I have because it does not work well with fenders. And the same for the kind of for the same reason that tube screamers do work well with fenders. Uh, hot cakes tube don't. screamers make up for that scooped. Yep. Mid. Yep. 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 Um, but uh, so that's why I was looking at the uh, orange rockers when I was decide when. So um, my husband and I in Seattle, we had pre- uh, previously been in an apartment. So I got an orange micro terror, uh, both because it saved space and it was capable of being quieter than the Fender Champ uh, I had. And I just ended up loving it so much. We bought a house. I was I excited because I could finally um, play more amp um and i was looking into those orange uh rockers because they could go stereo uh and then our friend and listener chris reynolds uh was selling his roland jc40 and i am have always just been such a fan of the roland amps and that chorus sound so i ended up going with that instead for for my stereo rig um but even before then, in the house, I was doing a stereo rig where half was going through my orange micro terror and the other half was going through my Fender Champ. And uh, even just doing that, it was so funny to me how different the sounds, the, the pedals and everything sounded coming through those different amplifiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, that was sort of my first experience, experiment, I should say with with running a stereo rig and well i was super bummed when you got that jazz chorus because i've been wanting a jazz chorus for a couple of years now specifically for that purpose and then you got i'm like no i'm gonna feel like i'm copycatting well i copycatted uh, you on the avalanche run that's fair avalanche yes. run is great so uh, i just want to talk about i'm gonna nerd out here for like four or five minutes Do i just want to dig in and set some definitions on some things some terms that we might hear Please kind of toss around yeah. like dual mono, stereo, wet, dry, wet, wet, dry. Uh, and so let's just set up some definitions here. Wet, dry, wet, we've already talked about. That's when you've got stereo pedals on either side, hard pans in the mix left and right with your dry with no wet effects or uh, at least for me, no reverb or delay. Unless we're talking about a slap back delay, but that doesn't really count. Anyways, um, so for much more dry sound in the center and that gets you this massive wall of sound i like it for praise and worship type stuff especially in smaller churches where there might not be uh, like a keys player for instance and you're trying to fill out a whole lot of that sonic space with a whole lot less people Um, so that's what i like to use that for just for noodling at home when i get it all plugged in together there's just something really neat about sitting in a room with that going or just playing even with headphones um, specifically that stereo spread sitting in the back is really neat. oh yeah um, and i love stereo then where there's true uh, proper stereo where there's so you just take out the dry and everything's just running in stereo effects yeah. you have one channel hard left hard right that's typically uh, what i and, do and that that's that's certainly got its purposes i find personally as a preference i tend not to go for that when i have the option to do so yeah i might Uh, i might experiment with uh the wet dry wet by using the uh, matthews effects has the alchemist which 
can convert yeah. a mono signal into a stereo signal. So then I could, after my dirt pedals, place the alchemist, and then my stereo, my my traditional stereo pedals would have room to do what they're doing. Right. The reason why I say that I don't tend to go for a purely stereo is if there's any sort of lead work or any rhythm part that really needs to stand out for what I'm playing, uh, the if, especially if it's with a tube amp is I hate losing that set, uh, that, uh, that attack on my notes. And so when I am doing a multi-amp rig, I, I, my strong, strong, strong preference is to always have a, a dry, a dedicated dry sound. Yeah. And that's what I like to do. I get that. But so, so we've covered wet, dry, wet, we've covered stereo or wet, wet, or if you ever see it like WW, uh, that's what that means. And then the, this is where things get a little bit more confusing is the difference between stereo and dual mono. And that that's going to sound, I know it sounds really redundant, but they're, they are different. Okay. Uh, so dual mono typically for starters, one, you're running it through two different amps is the purpose. Uh, so stereo, oftentimes you'll see like the same amp on either side. Um, but specifically with stereo versus dual mono, what you're looking for is dual mono. You're sending the exact same signal to each amp. Yeah. An example of that would be the uh, Moon Canyon has dual stereo out outputs instead of uh, traditional mono. Uh, instead of traditional left-right kind of outputs. Gotcha. Yeah. So something like that. Um, but if you've got modulation or like stereo modulation or like a, a ping pong effect on your delay or a, a pan effect for a tremolo and that you get something different out of left or right um, you're not going to get that's not going to work with dual mono because your dual mono is both pan to center right that makes sense where stereo is panned hard left hard right the the huge benefit you get out of dual mono is you get that combination of two different amp sounds at the same time so you cover a lot more sonic grounding uh, that I find that that sits really well in mix. So you might do something, say, like pair an AC30 with a Hot Rod Deluxe. Yeah. Dual mono, the same. You just split uh, like an ABY box at the end of your signal chain. Just split it so you get the same signal going to both amps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, the, uh, the folks on that pedal show tend to do that quite a bit when they're doing demos because that gives them a more round sound for showing off what the pedal is doing. Uh, and it's a little bit more dynamic stuff going on there. So I think that's really neat. Uh, y'all, whether you realize it or not, a lot of records, what we listen to, the, the, you're going to have a lot of that dual mono sort of mentality because people, engineers will reamp tracks through different amps to kind of fill out that guitar sound. Right. That's super common. That's cool. Uh, and then we've got wet dry, which is like dual mono, except for instead of the same signal path going to both effects, you split that, use that ABY to split before your wet effects. Cause typically wet effects are placed after dry. So you've got your dry effects, you split it, and then you send that, uh, one, uh, your wet effects through, through your wet effects and then to that amp and then one to your dry. And so if I've got two amps, that's what I prefer to do is run a wet dry because I like the dynamic feel of having an amp dedicated to dry. I just, I, I don't have any further reason or want to explain further other than I just, that's how I like it. Mm -hmm. That's what, that's my preference. Yeah. So cool. Uh, and then of course there's just running a single amp and you can run the effects loop with your wet effects or not. 
Um, that's kind of your two options if your amp has an effects loop. And if it doesn't, you're just kind of running everything into the front of that. Yeah. And if you're using a lot of wet effects with just one amp, the general recommendation is to run that amp, that preamp as clean as you can as a pedal platform and then do the rest of your overdrive with the your dirt pedals. That way you're not uh, compressing and saturating post reverb delay. It sounds like you've done a lot of research on this matter. That was a very condensed and I could get into so many different layers of the fun stuff that you can do with that. And, uh, Oh, I, what I, I have been meaning to do and I've done a little bit, um, is variations on blending, having two different sets of dirt going out. And so instead of splitting after your dirt, split before the dirt ah. and having two different sets of dirt pedals. Nice. Um, similar to the idea of that dual mono where you're getting different amp sounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've also, what I have experimented with before, it would start out with bases. I had a This One's Mine blender, which is just a parallel effects loop with a blend knob. And I got that for when I was playing bass um, as my weekly gig. I was playing bass and... I wanted to blend in my fuzz sound with my clean sound so I didn't lose that bottom end. Yeah. And I didn't have two channels to work with, so I couldn't use an ABY to run two channels into the board. They just gave me the one channel to work with. So I got that, and then I realized, huh, I could actually use this on guitar. And um, what I used it for is I ran all of my dirt pedals in that loop and blended in just a touch of clean. Mm -hmm. And um, that way I didn't lose when you've got all of your distortion, like really all your dirt pedals really cranked out yeah. and you're more or less breaking your signal, you didn't lose everything of the original. Yeah. So. That, that clarity almost. Yeah. And so I don't know if I liked it or not. It was just something I experimented with. It's worth experimenting uh, with. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Always experiment. I, I know that's really lame to buy a utility pedal. Utility pedals are like <laughs> the least sexy thing you can buy. But they can make Just, the biggest well, difference to your sound. Other than power. Power is by far the most boring thing I think you can buy. Is a, it's a power brick. No one, I, I don't know. Strymon's made it look pretty cool because Strymon's got a great aesthetic. Uh, so so is Walrus Audio has done a great job with Phoenix and making that exciting. And Sonic Cakes has that but little baby know. one that will fit under probably any pedal board in the world. And so, okay, so yeah, I guess utility pedals then are going to be the most boring buy you can get in terms of like, oh yeah, I just got an ABY switch. Yeah. I gotta say, my my ABY switch has gotten so much use and experimentation out mm-hmm. of uh, out of that thing. Nice, good. So, yeah. um, yeah, if you don't own an ABY switch, go out and buy They're one. They're really affordable. Uh, got, they can be. I've got one with a ground lift in it. Okay, which one uh, do you have? I, the the radial. Yeah. It's a radial ABY. It's passive. I forget nice. the name of it. Uh shoot. I'm looking this up now. Uh big shot. It's a big shot. It's a big shot? Yeah. Radial big shot. There's one on reverb.com for seventy five bucks. Affordable. Um yeah. Which is relatively affordable. That one's probably one of the more expensive ones because radial does excellent work. Mm-hmm. I would recommend, honestly. Go check out your local guitar shops, whether it be a guitar center or whatever else is local. The reason for that is because utility pedals are the least sexiest thing you can buy in terms of that. A lot of the local shops will buy them and sell them for like 20, 30 bucks. That's actually how I yeah. got mine is 
mine i could probably sell mine for like 80 ish i think i paid 20 bucks for it nice. at guitar center oh, call the flipping flippers so, yeah that's uh <laughs> maybe i will yeah. uh, i'm not getting rid of it no. but i'll talk to him about sure. it Sure. so check out your local guitar shops you might get lucky yeah. there nice um yeah andrew is there anything else you want to you want to say about uh stereo pedals like your favorites dream pedals Ooh, uh, let's see here. Well, so right now what I'm running for stereo is I've got my FX 65, which is what I use to split to stereo after um, I send to the wets. Uh, Cause I do AB and my A goes out to uh, my dry amp. And my B runs into my stereo effects. I use the, the FX 65, which is a stereo chorus mm -hmm. to split to stereo. And then I run that into, uh, depending on the day i'll do this in different orders but i've got my avalanche run v1 and i've got my pyramids oh, which are both earthquake yeah. pedals. and i uh, sometimes i'll run the pyramids after the delay and reverb mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes i'll run it before yeah. and some, some yeah it's it's a great pedal yeah. um i have a whole lot of fun experimenting with that and that one does everything from the nice subtle jet almost identical chorus sounds to my fx65 not quite. Doesn't have the same mojo on those lower level sounds, but they does some crazy stuff. Uh, up on my wish list is going to have to be a Maris Mercury Seven because I'm gassing for a dedicated reverb, something fierce, yeah. and that one just does everything. I feel like I, I played it, so. that at the guitar store, and it's beautiful. I've played it. I think actually, yeah, that was where I did um, demo in store at the guitar store, and the other unit I'm looking at is i'd love to get a dd20 uh which is boss's um big box question mark so it's a bigger box mm -hmm. but it's not their dd500 yeah yeah yeah. i don't i like the idea of big box delays but i don't like the idea of playing with screens i don't either uh, and the uh i just the screens and that level it just kind of ruins the magic for me personally yeah. I don't have anything against anyone who uses them. I'm not going to say that they're bad because there's some great sound. It's not for you. They're not for me. It's just not my cup of tea. But the DD20 is the closest I'll get to that. It does have a screen, but specifically what I'm after with that is the uh, their ping pong delay, which is where yeah. every other delay note hits left, right, left, right. Yeah, yeah. Like ping pong. Ping pong is – I love it. Not the game. I actually hate playing ping pong, but I love uh, that stereo oh, I, effect. I love ping, playing ping pong. Uh, when I was in college, we had one on my dorm hall, a uh, ping pong table in my dorm hall my freshman yeah. year. And that's how I made friends and procrastinated the heck out of my assignments. But I've had ping pong delay before. I miss it dearly. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I don't have it anymore. And that's the one effect I want to get back. Yeah. What about you? Stereo effects that you want to experiment with or and or things that you want to do in the non-traditional rig run multi-amp setup well i have i have the pn2 um so i have a good panning tremolo but um i really would that reminds me that's the other one that's on my wish yeah. list <laughs> if like i kind of want to try mr black's uh panatrim um and that one's super cool i've tried that yeah. one yeah and then there's a company out of canada that's also making a it seems like the stereo tremolo to end all stereo tremolos. So I want to see if I can dig up who that was and I'll put that in the visual thread on our Facebook group if you're a member there. 
Um, Wasn't that was that Quiet Theory? No, was that it else? was not Quiet Theory. Somebody in Canada, oh I think. I'll figure it out. Um, but it I'm looks it that the the builder and I were talking about it, and it sounds uh, like a game changer, like for real. Um, I've never played like a ping pong stereo uh, delay. I have had uh, stereo chorus pedals before, and that's sort of the big seller on a chorus pedal to me because in my mind's eye, I just feel like chorus should be swishing around a lot. Oh, I found the company that's um, working on... I don't know if they're ready to announce it. Uh Uh-huh. I I want to check with them before I go and say that they're going to do this because I don't want to box them in. Yeah. But they're. I'm just reading through the messages, but yes, that one's going to be super rad. I just looked at the graphic again and I was reminded that I'm broke. Ah, uh, who was it? Damadesh. I mean, well, they were posting pictures of it. They're posting prototype boards. Yeah. But it doesn't look like they've announced what the effect. Oh, is. the Royal Harmonic. No, it says tremolo, analog panning tremolo. Yeah, uh, from their post on January twenty second, and that's pretty much what they had discussed with me. Uh, so gotcha. yeah, it just looks uh, it it's it looks like it's gonna have so many incredible features, and I am here for it. Oh, yep, there yes. it is. All right, so we can't officially announce uh, because we haven't confirmed that they've made it uh, public is uh, Demodash FX is making the Royal Harmonic Optical Panning Tremolo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I am counting eight knobs and four switches. Yes. And two foot switches. Yes. So four toggles, eight knobs, two foot switches. It's Mm going to be dope. I see a, a stereo and mono flip switch. So it looks like maybe you can do it in stereo or dual mono. Which is what I, only reason why I want the PN2 anyways. Yeah. And then they have the pan and the sync. And then the harmonic and the amplitude. Wow, this looks like... If if this is even like a third of... of if it only ends up being a third of what like these switches are, I, I think this is going to be the stereo tremolo to end all stereo tremolos. I don't know. I, I, I think it'll be certainly of the boutique world. Electro Harmonics has the Super Pulsar, which is like a big box. It's not this much version stuff, though. Of, I think it is. All right, let me look. It's pretty intense, but that's also Electro Harmonics, so it's not a small builder that you're supporting, right. and it's not. It's certainly not Canadian. Oh, that is a lot of switches. Yeah, I kind of want to get this one, but it's a little intimidating. You know, I don't like the look of this. EHX one quite as much, but that is intense. It's certainly not nearly as pretty, and it certainly doesn't look as user friendly. Yeah, this is not. This does not seem nearly as intuitive. But there's a preset. I don't know. Maybe we should get both. Yes. Maybe I'll make an offer on this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've already got yelled at. Do it. I got yelled like. I got a negative review on Reverb.com because I made an offer to somebody on a pedal and then they accepted it. And then I think later they decided that that it was too low ball of an offer. And they gave me four stars instead of five. And then no. called me a low baller. I'm like, 
you will get what the market demands. <laughs> well, it sounds like someone is just salty. Not me. I'm very excited. <laughs> I think everyone's salty yeah. now. Well, we've been talking for a while, Andrew. So um, let's just let's just do this. Are we just going to abruptly We're end it? We're just going to abruptly end it, I think. Is that bad? Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you.